This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Have you had any thoughts recently about the fact that just maybe Jesus is coming back soon? I have. But I also want to caution us. We are stuck here in time, about to be delivered into timeless eternity when Jesus returns. But because our life is a vapor and time is so short, unless you are a student of history, young people, history, history is good. History is necessary. But unless you're a student of history, your perspective about what is happening right now is going to be skewed. There have been many other times in history that the Jewish nation has been under attack. In fact, our grandparents remember a time when, of course, they didn't know all that was happening in Europe. But when Jews were being slaughtered by the millions, literally rounded up in cattle cars and shipped to camps where they were being murdered by the thousands daily. And certainly believers a couple generations ago would have thought, well, this has got to be the time that Jesus is coming back. Instead, what God did is use what happened in World War II for the United Nations to come together and to vote. Imagine that. Can anything good come out of the UN? Well, something did. They voted Israel to be a nation. Which means, by the way, as a sovereign nation, every other nation that's in the UN ought to recognize their legitimacy to exist. But I digress. The fact is, the attack on Israel, the hatred for Jews, does a lot to prove, and it ought to prove to you and I, that what the Bible teaches is true. That what the Bible says about an enemy, Satan, who is trying to destroy the plan of God, which does include the people of Israel... The hatred, the desire for them to be destroyed, all proves the fact that the Bible's true, Jesus is alive, and that God has a plan for this earth. But we need to have biblical bearings for why we stand with Israel. I'm not assuming everyone listening to my voice this morning stands with Israel. The church of Jesus Christ has been infected in our thinking by modern philosophies, even though the apostles warned against that. The time will come when they don't endure sound doctrine. The Lord said that. 
And he warns us about teachers who have wisdom so-called. And so if you were required to give a biblical answer as to why we support Israel, could you do it? Now, I think many of you could do it and do it well. But we do need to see what the Bible has to say about it. On Wednesday nights, I've been exposing covenant theology. Part of the reason that the church is, has been silent on this matter of Israel, and silent in some places, is because of covenant theology. On Wednesday nights, we've also learned to interpret the Bible according to progressive revelation. Right, we need to interpret the scripture based on what the scripture says. And there's progressive revelation where God has continued to re reveal himself, unfold his plan. But to help us understand how awesome his plan is, as God unfolds his plan, he predicts here and here and here what will happen here and here and here. And so when these predictions happen and then they're fulfilled out here, we know not only is it God's plan, but he sees the whole plan. And these things reassure us that it's God's plan that's being fulfilled. And so scripture admonishes us to compare spiritual things with spiritual things, 1 Corinthians 2.13, so that we can see what God has said over here and even be able to go back then and get the full picture of what he predicted, what he was doing back here. So we can take a book like Romans, and you've turned there. We can take that, that book and look back on what God's purpose was for his chosen people and what his purpose still is. Romans chapter 11 tells us about God's purpose for Israel. But it also says this, God continues to love Israel. Let me say that again. God continues to love Israel. Despite her spiritual disobedience... Despite her hardened heart as a nation. So look at Romans 11. Please drop down to verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. Hmm. In other words, there are going to be versions of theology that have you think wrongly about Israel. I can say that from the context. So, many times that comes from pride, but it's our own logic is what is being referred to here, that blindness, in part, has happened to Israel. Now, I'm thankful that it's in part. If it was complete, we wouldn't support Jewish missions because nobody who's an Israelite could get saved. But you know what? Lots of Jews are coming to Christ. So we support Jewish missions. But in part, and really as a nation, there's this blindness until, notice, the fullness of the Gentiles has come. Now what is that? Well, the fullness of the Gentiles includes really two parts. The salvation of the Gentiles. 
through Israel, and again, uh, what Jesus said to the disciples, that great commission, what we read in the book of Acts, what we're studying right now, they not only took the good news about Christ to the Jews, Jerusalem, Judea, but then Samaria and the uttermost parts. We saw in the last message in Acts that, oh, they were okay with Jews coming to Christ, but wait a minute, Cornelius, Gentiles are being saved? Hey, come up here to Jerusalem, we need to talk about this. Oh, no, no. The Lord had predicted it. He had commanded it to the disciples. Now the Lord was doing it. So the fullness of the Gentiles includes their salvation, but here's what else it includes. Listen, it includes their destruction. I read an article recently, a devotional piece that really challenged my heart because it looked at all the references in Scripture to our God being a merciful God, but he has this cup of wrath and it keeps getting fuller and fuller and fuller. And when that cup is full, he pours it out in judgment. And so the fullness of the Gentiles, even today the nations gathering against Israel and these protests. God's cup of wrath is being filled. When does it overflow? Read the book of Revelation and read about the great tribulation, the great one. It's coming. All right, so the fullness of the Gentiles, in the fullness of that time when God finishes his work with the Gentiles. Now, unfortunately, some Bible teachers claim that Christ's work does away with God's covenant relationship with Israel. Here's the way they state it. They believe that God's covenant with God, or Israel's covenant with God, was fulfilled in Christ thus ending Israel's divine purpose. Their only purpose was to give us Messiah and God's done with them. However, if this was true, how do you explain the fact that all of Israel is being to gather together and there's a nation of Israel today? In fact, it, it was interesting to me when this war broke out because Israel was invaded can I just pause for a moment and say this Do you know God in his word always allows for self defense so in the middle of the night you dads and husbands somebody invades your house God gives you the right to defend the house you're called to be the strong man God always allows for self defense by the way, that's why God sanctions war. Read Romans 13. We have the right to defend ourselves. Israel has the right to defend herself as a sovereign nation. But it was interesting to me when war broke out, they said you could hardly get on a flight out of New York because the airports were packed with Jews going back to Israel. Now some of that is, some of those guys are Jewish citizens and they're reservists and they were ordered back to help. 
But God continues to bring the nation of Israel back from all over the world. Why? That's why he had Israel to be reborn. And over and over the prophets predicted they would be called back. They would be gathered back. And so Israel is a nation. And we need to support her as such. But if you read what Paul wrote to the Romans, you will see he had a completely different mindset than those who say, well, God's done with Israel. The nation of Israel does have an important prophetic future. Now, if you want to just make a note, if you're taking notes, but in your mind, remember, Romans 9 to 11 talks about God's continued plan for Israel. Romans 11, look now at verse 28. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. Pause. Who gave Paul such trouble as he went around as a Jew trying to tell the Jews in the Roman world about Jesus Messiah? It was the Jews. But it's touching the election. Now careful, who are the elect here? Well, in the context, it's the Jews. They are beloved for the fathers, the patriarchs, Israel's fathers, for the father's sake. And the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now the word repentance means this. They're irrevocable. To repent means to change one's mind. The reality is that God has not changed his mind about the nation that he chose, election, the nation of Israel. And by the way, God won't change his mind about Israel. How do we know? Well, you and I are going to watch King Jesus one day do battle. You and I are going to come back from heaven horseback. How many are you excited about that? Okay. All right. That was, a, that was less than half of you. Okay. You'll be in glorified bodies. You'll be expert horsemen, women. Okay. And we're going to get to come over the battle of Esdraelon. It's in Israel. Watch the Lord destroy the armies of earth. And then he's going to set down on a mountain just east of the city of Jerusalem. Is all that figurative or is it real? It's real. He's going to split the mountain open and he's going to march in as a Jew. He's going to march into Jerusalem and take the throne of his father, David. God's not done with Israel. But here Paul reveals that the Jews are the enemies of the gospel because they rejected Messiah, their Messiah. But they are also his beloved. And it's in that context that I believe we need to support Israel. Let's look specifically. I want to give you three reasons today. Number one, and we've alluded to it, God still has a plan for Israel. Look at verse 28 again. Concerning the gospel, they're the enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. Israel's election remains valid because of the covenant, the promise God made to Abraham 
and the other patriarchs. Israel's election has nothing to do with the Jewish people and it has everything to do with God. So when somebody says, well, we shouldn't support Israel because they've done this or they've done this or they've done this. Now I happen to think you ought to look into what they're being accused of. Because the reality is, if you live in that area, the Jews have been good to you. You know that if you're a Palestinian and you have a medical need, you can get into Israel and you can get the medical care that the Israelis get. In fact, if you don't have a criminal record, you can do business in Israel and that can be profitable for you. And Israel will protect you, even if you're not Israeli. Some people don't realize this, but do you know that there are Palestinians and there are Arabs that serve in the Israeli Defense Force? Oh yeah, it's true. And so, check out what is being said that's negative. The same college campuses that are, are teaching that Israel is this and this and this. Well, you know what? Those same college campuses are teaching a whole lot of other rot. They're twisting people's minds so that they can't see the truth. Now, what did God say concerning Israel? Hold your place here. Would you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 7? I want you to see these passages for yourself, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 7, notice please, verse 7. The Lord did not set his love upon you, Israel, nor choose you, because ye were more in number than any other people. For ye were the fewest of all peoples. Now we know four to six million Jews left Egypt. God brought them through the Red Sea and into the wilderness. But this reminds us that in light of the nations that surrounded them, they were a very small people. Empires surrounded them. So why did the Lord set his heart on them? Verse 8, but because the Lord, what? Loved you. And because he would keep the oath which he swore unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen, slavery, from the hand of the Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now Moses and Paul both agree God did not choose Israel for her merit. He elected her based on his grace, by the way, just as he saves today. I am very aware that God saved Mike Asher not because he looked down and he went, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> he looked down and said, that needs saving. Grace. When Paul talks about Israel being beloved for the sake of the fathers, he reaches back 2,000 years to what God said to Abraham. 
Now that promise is specifically found, and I'd like you to stay back there in your Bible, but go to Genesis chapter 12, and notice please verses 1 to 3. Genesis 12, 1, Now the Lord hath said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now stop. That's not the, what the world thinks. But the world is spiritually blind. Not long ago, one of our missionaries was here who is Jewish. And if you remember, Brother Craig gave us a list of everything that Israel produces, including the chips that are in your phone. Now, you can decide whether that's a blessing or not, okay? But the reality, when it, when it comes to electronics, when it comes to medical advancement and so on, thank God for Israel. But God said you're going to be a blessing, but not, not in a physical sense, so that's true. Of course, he was speaking about Messiah. We'll get to that. Notice verse 3, and I will bless them that bless thee, curse them that curse thee. Stop, America. You better keep blessing Israel. If we stop blessing Israel, God stops blessing us. Now watch, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. What's that a reference to? Christ the Messiah and the gospel going throughout the earth. In fact, let me take it just a step further. Do you know during the tribulation when God is pouring out the cup of his wrath, do you know there's 144,000 Jewish missionaries that leave Israel, 12,000 from every tribe, go throughout the earth, and even when God is pouring out his wrath, he is blessing the earth with the gospel. In fact, if you're in heaven at that point, and the church will be, you see this multitude this is without number coming into the throne room of those who have been saved through the witness of these missionaries and then they're martyred by Antichrist. And mixed in with those believers are the Jewish missionaries. They're all going to be martyred. Partial fulfillment of this. Consider with me Hebrews 6, 13, and 14. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. You know, folks, what I'm sharing with you today, God has sworn by himself that these things are going to happen. Don't resist it because you can't stop it. Verse 14, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. So, why should we support Israel? Number one, God still has a plan for her. Number two, God's gifts are irrevocable. Go back to Romans chapter 11 now. Look at verse 29. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. 
In other words, God is not changing his mind about the gifts he gave to Israel. These gifts are listed for us back in Romans 9. Look, at, please, at verse 4. Romans 9, 4. Who are Israelites? To whom pertaineth, was given the adoption. In other words, God gave them the rights and the privileges of being Israel. And the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law. Who received God's wonderful law? Israel. And the service of God. Whose history is one, or should have been one, of the privilege of serving God? By the way, where did God place his tabernacle? And where within the tabernacle did he place the Holy of Holies? And who chose to abide there? God did. No other nation has had that. God's very presence. And in that wilderness, a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, God was present. Not to mention, and the promises, the covenants. Whose are the fathers, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. There are blessed people, and those gifts are irrevocable. God first planned to save Israel spiritually. What do I mean by that? Go back to Romans 11. Notice verse 6. Along with all that he did in the Old Testament, his purpose was to first save them. Romans eleven six, and if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Okay? And so, what we know is not the law that saves. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election that hath obtained it. And the rest were blinded. All right, and so the Lord chose to save some in Israel first, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Now, do you see this special emphasis here to the Jews? Israel and the church both remain powerful testimonies of God's faithfulness. Am I concerned that Israel will be overrun this time, that they'll cease to exist as a nation? I'm not concerned about that. Why? God's hand is upon Israel. And so Israel exists today, despite the enormous hatred and genocide that she has suffered through the centuries. Why? Because they bear God's covenant and these gifts that I've listed. No one can take this away. To them were given the covenants, promises, law, prophets, patriarchs, and ultimately the Savior of the world. Now let's look at a third reason why we should support Israel. First, God still has a plan for her. Israel's gifts are still intact. They're irrevocable. Number three, God will fulfill his calling to Israel. 
I'm in Romans 11 looking at verse 29 again. The calling of God is without repentance. It's irrevocable. Romans 11.29 calls this covenant unchanging. This means God's promises are forever settled. God's calling refers to the task he gave Israel to bring blessing to the world again. Genesis 12.1-3 says that through Israel all families of the earth would be blessed. I've already mentioned the 144,000 Jewish missionaries. During the millennial reign, what will be the blessing when King Jesus has the government on his shoulders? That blessing will be, God's going to renew the earth. What a time that's going to be. Nature will be in harmony with nature again. The lion and the lamb will lie down together. One's not going to be trying to eat the other. Your babies will be able to play on the dens, the holes where snakes, venomous snakes come out. Mothers will not be saying, run. They'll be saying, sweetheart, would you stop playing with that? Yeah. What a time that's going to be. But where is the central focus of the blessing of the nations? It's Jerusalem where King Jesus reigns. And the nations will gather there to worship him. God will fulfill his calling through Israel. One day Israel will come in to full obedience to her Messiah. Just before she is annihilated, Jesus will come back and as a nation, whatever's remaining of the nation, they will turn their heart to the one, and you'll recognize this prophetic language, to the one whom they pierced. And Jesus will reign. So why is Israel under such attack? Because salvation to the world came through the Jews. And the God of this world is trying to blind the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. You can't look at Jesus Messiah without thinking of his heritage. Our Savior is a Jew. Christians from all nations cannot escape this reality. Our Savior is the Jews' Messiah. So when we go back to Romans 11.29, irrevocable is a term that means God will never go back on his promises that he made to Abraham. And it doesn't matter who in the UN disagrees with that, God won't change his mind. This term can cancels any thinking that God has finished with Israel. Please, God's people, don't buy into that. It also means that there's no place in the church for anti-Semitism. If God has not abandoned his chosen people, we had better not abandon his chosen people. In fact, God says nations will be blessed or cursed, again, based on their treatment of his people. And we have a responsibility now to try to reach Jews with the gospel 
of Jesus their Messiah. You do know the word Christ means Messiah. Jesus Messiah. So Romans 11, 28 and 29 assure us that God's promise is still intact for his people. If you're asked, why should we support Israel? There's your answer. There's your answer. This is our biblical foundation. So support them. Pray for them. And then try to turn their hearts to their Messiah by giving them the glorious gospel. Father, thank you for Israel. Today we pray for her peace, her safety. We pray for wisdom for her leaders. Lord, we pray for protection for her soldiers as they seek to end this threat. But Lord, as Christians, as we talk about it, respond to it, we need to point souls to Jesus. Our words should never have any hate for fellow lost souls who need Christ just as we did. So help us to be prayerful. And Lord, help us to be busy holding up the gospel, exalting the Jews' eternal King and our Lord. And Lord, we pray these things now in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened. And we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.